thanks for joining for this episode of the Techspective podcast. Uh, my guest this week is Shashi Prakash from Bolster. So Shashi, uh, introduce yourself and uh, you know tell us a little bit about Bolster in general. Hi, Tony. Thanks, and, and nice to be here. My name is Shashi Prakash. I am the co-founder and CTO at Bolster. Um, I started the company with my other co-founder, Abhishek, about four years ago. And Bolster is all about protecting some of the world's largest brands from online fraud. And uh, this online fraud could include things like you know phishing attacks, targeting these brands' customers, or different kinds of scams. Uh, again, perpetrating uh, and infringing upon these these large brands and and um, targeting their customers and users. What we do is we've built a proprietary system uh, and based on deep learning and, and other techniques in machine learning to crawl websites in real time and to identify the threat on these websites and, and what brand they're targeting. And we once we identify them in a fully automated way, we also mitigate those attacks by shutting them down at scale. So we're dealing with this problem at scale because um, pretty much any brand that has an online pre presence these days has uh, a problem of online fraud, and, and we're uh, tackling that with automation and technology. Okay. Well, certainly, and there's there's uh, absolutely no shortage of uh, fraud and online fraud. Um, I mean, I think that's you know ar arguably one of the older uh, yes. types uh, of crime in general, uh, and types of cybercrime. Um, you know, it, it, it is definitely a pervasive issue. I, 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 one of the things that, um, you know, I, I, I'm curious about or I, I'd, I'd be interested to get your, your insight on is sort of how much of it is technological or can be solved with technology and how much of it is just preying on human nature. Um, I think it's a, it's a mix of both. The Technology itself in, in creating these websites is, uh, although it has evolved quite a bit in the last 10 years or 10 to 12 years or so, but it's still mostly the same. You know, people create um, some easy to use source code they deploy across multiple different newly registered domains or, or hacked domains and uh, launch these attacks, right? And they're um, targeting, you know, large brands and their consumers and, and users uh, through these attacks, but they could vary from different Types like right? they could be like simple phishing attacks, or they could be like e-stores selling fake, uh, fake or counterfeit goods. For example, we saw massive uptake in uh, in COVID-related scams last year. For example, um, they change um, these these scams also change based on what's in the headlines. Um, the latest is, and we're going to talk about it about it today, is uh, crypto scams as well. Um, so the nature of these scams keep changing, but the common theme across this is they are happening at large scale. Um, pretty much all brands um, who have an online presence, and it got accelerated last year due to COVID again, when businesses do uh, want to do business online because they're not, you know, people are not really visiting physical stores or weren't visiting last year right. any of these stores. A lot of them came online. So the acceleration of that also increased these attacks and then we saw um, uh, uh, basically this problem getting worse in the last uh, one year, one and, a half, one and a half years. And that's um, what we've been seeing and we're trying to fix this or solve this with the help of technology because as it is, there's quite a bit of shortage of good security or skilled uh, people skilled in security in general. So we don't, we don't think this problem can be solved manually and, and just given the scale, 
I think right. technology is the is what can help us here. Well, you know, I, I would say that you know the stuff that hits my inbox or that I see when I'm online, you know, I think there there definitely is a a spectrum of <laughs> of in in terms of sophistication. Like there are some that are so poorly worded, so rudimentary, it's so obviously a phishing scam that. I almost feel like anyone who is victimized by that deserves it <laughs> because I'm like, you know, it's like, it's just, it was so obvious that if you, if you didn't catch that, that's on you. And then and on, on the far end of the other end of the spectrum, you've got, you know, there, there are some, some, you know, phishing attacks and, and, and fraudulent websites that, you know, would, would fool half of the employees of the company. You know I mean? They, they, they look legitimate. Uh, they do a very good job. They're very, uh, nicely worded. And to your point about the last year, kind of the chaos of, you know, suddenly everyone working from home um, really created a lot of opportunity because now suddenly, yes. um, you know, I, I'm at home, I'm trying to get work done, you know, using, you know, cloud apps or VPNing in, but I'm on my home computer on my personal network. Meanwhile, I'm very, very anxious to get any news at all from the company about, well, what exactly are we doing or what is the COVID update or whatever? And so that was, uh, you know, tremendous fodder for the attackers because all I have to do is create an email that says, you know, COVID update and everybody is going to click on that. Yes, absolutely. I think to your earlier point on uh, targeting, you know, some of these, um, uh, you know, regular users with these poorly worded email scams, I think, to a large extent, that's also by design because they want to um, target people who may not be as technically savvy uh, as most people, and then they want to do they want to target this particular spectrum right. because um, uh, they are most likely to fall for these attacks, and that's what we are seeing um, on some level with latest crypto scams as well. Because a lot of people uh, who may not be as technically savvy are jumping on the bandwagon because they see so much hype and and. So many news items or articles going around um, uh, cryptocurrency in general or NFTs and things like that. Um, so we're seeing quite a bit of that as well, where uh, people are getting scammed because they're not really you know, aware of what is behind what is behind these things. And I've seen, I remember seeing a report a few years ago that 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 uh, made that same point. That uh, I forget who did the research, but basically they said, look. You know, you, you might think that the attackers are idiots because of the way these things are worded, but uh -huh. that's actually sort of a uh, level one filter. Yes. Uh, yeah. Basically, if you're dumb enough to click on it, you're going to be a lot easier target <laughs> to scan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. but so let's talk about the, the you know cryptocurrency and 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 NFTs. Now, the you know I I think that 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 is a um, it is a hot opportunity for attackers because so you just had this whole thing with um you know the the stock market and GameStop and and short selling the hedge funds and stuff and you know some people who were in in the right place at the right time on reddit you know they, they might have made some some pretty good money you know mm -hmm. buying GameStop on the on the low side and and selling at the right time mm -hmm. um and then a lot of other people you know we didn't even know that was going on until a week later and it was too late to get in on the game right and, and then immediately following that, all of a sudden, everyone's talking about NFTs. And and I mean, I work in technology, and, and I was still I was still like, what the hell is an NFT? Yeah. And I, and I was like, okay, a non fungible token. What the hell? And 
and and and then even as I started to kind of get into looking at you know what it is and and, and I'll, I'll let you try and explain it too but I was just like okay so 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 let me get this straight I'm going to take a take a thing say a a, a you know a, a picture of the Mona Lisa and mm-hmm. I'm going to you know somehow a, a assign it a unique identifier on on blockchain and now mm-hmm. I'm going to sell this auction this off as 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 an nft and someone's going to pay money and now they can say that they you know technically own this thing right technically yes <laughs> they don't own the physical good but and the technically uh, is the part that was really throwing me at the, in the beginning because i i saw that there's like an nba um uh you know a basketball highlights uh company like a you know sports reporting uh-huh. That was selling these clips. They 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 were getting in on the game. So they were selling like you know basically like a you know let's say a, a clip of LeBron James in his rookie year slam you know doing a slam dunk, and and you know giving it a a blockchain identifier and then selling it as an NFT and then you know somebody buys it for a few thousand dollars, and now they can say they own that clip. But I'm like, okay, but the clip still exists in the world. I can still just go Google it and go look at the clip. Like why why would I give you three thousand dollars for that? <laughs> Right. Yeah, I think that's that's the thing that I think most people are not really able to understand the difference between, you know, something that's out there that's already popular. Um, anybody could take that and create a copy versus if you are the original author of something and and, and you created a piece of art um, that you want to you know put it on blockchain and make sure that you are the rightful owner at all times. That's what this was designed for. But uh, it's being used in a different way now, and even the digital art uh, owners, they are getting scammed too. We are seeing, we've been closely monitoring that. Where uh, if you put something up for sale, let's say on Etsy or or some of these other stores, anybody could use that, copy that, and and uh, you know create, uh, um, take that that digital piece of art and sell it on on some of these NFT marketplaces. So we are seeing now complaints from the original artists. Who um, who didn't authorize this sale, and someone is someone else is taking their art and selling it on on NFT uh, marketplaces. So there's nothing stopping technically anyone from from stealing um, yeah, that. Yeah, that's interesting because it, it, so it kind of reminds me of the the uh, you know there was recently some controversy with uh, Jimmy Fallon and the Tonight Show where he had uh, Addison Rae on and they, they, they just did a little bit where they, they went through and, and she, she performed like 10 different dances from TikTok. Uh huh. And there was backlash because they didn't give attribution to the actual creators of those TikTok dances. Right. And, and everyone thought that that was, you know, it's, it's appropriation and you're, you know, you're, 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 you're not giving credit where credit is due. And, you know, I'm not that avid with TikTok, but my kids are. And I kind of said, isn't that kind of the whole business model of TikTok? Like, how would you? I, I'm like, I wouldn't even know how to find the original. Mm-hmm. You know I'm saying, like, there's so many copies on TikTok, or, or you know, that that you know, it's like being able to determine whether or not it is truly the original right. is hard enough. Right. Um, but, but as it relates to NFT, so you had you know, the, you know, the sale, the mm-hmm. big sale was uh, Beeple. Mm-hmm. With, you know, he's a, a an artist uh, who uh, has been, you know, doing like just digital art, uh, doing like a, a picture a day for for years. And he took like 3000 of his of his images and put them together in a grid as like kind of a collage and sold right. it for nearly 70 million dollars. Right. And so you see that headline and suddenly it, it you know, it's, again, it kind of goes it's like that GameStop thing. Suddenly everyone's like, well, 
shit, I need to get in on that. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not Beeple, but you know, I, surely I have something I can sell for a few hundred bucks. Yeah. Um, and, and, but I think that that, that the, the crossroads of it being a hot thing that people think they can get rich quick on mm-hmm. and it being a technology that most people don't understand. Like, you know, people, people still don't really understand Bitcoin. I mean, I just recently had a, a, a I was talking with a, a, a friend, right. a gentleman who uh, earlier in the year, there was the story going around about the guy who had like a hundred million dollars in Bitcoin, but he forgot his password. <laughs> yes. And, and if he guessed one more time, guessed wrong, it was going to just wipe his account. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and my friend was like, oh, so what? Like, you know, just because he lost his password, suddenly the bank gets to keep his money. I'm like, no, there is no bank. I'm like, it just doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, it's not like someone else took his money. It just doesn't exist anymore. And that, and that's a very difficult concept. I mean, you know, it's like if I, you know, if I, if I put money in the bank and I forget my, 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 my bank pin, like there's somebody I can call, like everyone, we all still agree that my money is in the bank, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just a matter of access, but with, with something like Bitcoin or Ethereum or a, you know, a, a thousand other, uh, cryptocurrencies out there, it's like, it, it's like real world monopoly money. It's like, it's not, it's not really there. And yet it is. Yeah. I think, uh, some of these key concepts that you're mentioning are super important because, uh, people need to understand how to use these things um, the proper way. I think, yes, having a, a digital wallet is is super uh, convenient. You can you know do transactions, but at the same time, you need to be aware of the risks. And when you, as you rightly pointed out, having access to your digital assets, um, making sure that you know you have backups and you have other devices that are. Um, so I use Keybase, for example, and it, it basically has um, uh, you know. A digital wallet in there, but it can you can also uh, put other devices um, in the same uh, with with your same account, and and so there's a copy. So things like that, people need to be aware, and some of this is not um, being sort of uh, internalized properly, and then that's what is causing a lot of these uh, you know money to be lost. And and once it's gone, it's just disappeared in the ether. You cannot, there's no way you can get it back. So um, so that those are the things that need to be. Um, really understood by people who are getting on this technology. The other thing is, I mean, the the marketplaces for NFTs, they, they have legitimate use cases. Like if you are a legitimate owner of, of a, uh, a document and you want to public put it on a public ledger before anybody else does, um, um, and and you should do you can do that and and establish you know ownership of that and the rightful being the rightful owner of it. Um, however, there are few nuances there. There are only certain marketplaces which are um, which are trusted and and therefore you should you know if you want to do transactions you should put there uh, but there are so many of these that are cropping up which are not really legitimate and it's like you know you know you have mobile app stores and there is apple play and and, and google play app and apple app store right but there are so many other third-party android app stores where you can get a version of the app but it's you can't trust it you don't know what it is what's in there someone modified the source code and put an Android app there, and it, it's it's doing something entirely different, or it's just you know malware. Um, so similarly, the, you need to be careful first where the source is. Where is where are you doing these transactions? Is it trust? Is it a trusted website? Is it a trusted marketplace? Um, and, and then the second thing is what is it? 
do, doing due diligence on, on on what is it that you're transacting on what are, what is it that you're buying are there other copies of it on other marketplaces um, therefore it's probably not legitimate and uh, the owner is not who is claiming to be the the owner of that art or whatever and if it is um, they are not legitimate so these are few things that people need to understand before doing transactions yeah and i think that's part of the you know part again part of what's challenging is is that you know getting the proper attribution of who is the originator like you know if i if i go out on on the internet right now and you know find some cool picture mm -hmm. and decide to go register that you know and and claim to be the 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 original uh creator of it it's right. like there isn't there isn't a a governing body there isn't a you know there isn't, yes. there's a police that's going to tell me that no that's not yours yeah um and you know so that and you know so to, to go back to your earlier point in that in that instance i'm committing fraud against both the original artist mm -hmm. and whoever buys it from me yes exactly i think in an ideal world if, if everybody used it to put their um you know original work and and claimed uh, ownership at the very beginning then it would be a decent marketplace and everybody would know who the owner is but that's not the case and that's not i don't think that ideal world will ever exist <laughs> people will people will use some of these marketplaces and there will be hundreds of these and and it would be very hard to establish who the rightful owner is well and uh, for something like a picture like you know let's say let, let's use let's use people so he's you know let's let's say he just one of his pictures and he you know, goes out and registers it on, on blockchain. So now it has a unique identifier. But and and I you know I, I don't maybe you don't know the answer to this, but here, you know the the from a technical perspective, if I go take you know the same picture like from a different source, let's say I go find it online and then I go register it, like is there somewhere in there within blockchain? Is there is there any is there any step along the way that's smart enough to recognize and go oh, and go oh that's the same picture that this guy already registered? Yeah, that's again because there are so many of these um, uh, marketplaces that are using different protocols under the hood. It's kind of hard to uh, have one uniform place where you would know because. For example, like we had this crypto crypto kitty phenomenon three years ago. It's still a, a pretty popular website. It was uh, built on top of Ethereum, and 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 uh, that's an, they have their own way of. It was also an NFT, so it's a, they have their own way of uh, uh, validating transactions. But there could be someone else who creates a different marketplace on some some other technology, right? So there is no connection currently between. Um, something based on ethereum versus something based on some other uh, token right so those kinds of um, misalignments would make it challenging to um, to have one uniform place where anybody doing any transaction on ft can be verified on on a different network so that's that's another challenge which i don't think we have an answer to just yet right so yeah i mean i think you know from from a cryptocurrency perspective i feel like in order for it to have like real mainstream value, you know, it it, it needs something like an FDIC. It needs something. There needs to be somebody yes backing it. And and on the NFT side, I feel like, you know, like I understand on 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 a on a high level kind of the the value of this. And and, and actually, someone explained it. I I, I saw um, Gary V did a video clip where he explained it as. It, it's similar to 
the way you know people in games right you know like if you're in Fortnite, how you like you know you you pay money just for like a skin you know or or like a you know a special artifact or whatever and it's like it doesn't really exist it's you know it's just a thing in a game the game would be the same if you didn't pay for that thing um but but he's like that that's kind of you know <laughs> what nfts are you know? and you know but so from the nft perspective i feel like you need someone like a Sotheby's or something like you need, you need someone you can trust to say okay you know uh, you know that they are the the sort of curator and arbiter of you know is this legitimately the original yes yeah i think i think um you hit the nail on the head right there i think it's, it's the element of trust that's missing right now and um we, we see scammers exploiting that quite a bit which we highlighted uh, in our recent blog post the most common types of scams we are seeing um just because the lack of trust people don't know which is real which is fake uh, and they end up on this new new you know fake or fraudulent websites or marketplaces where they are um they heard from someone that you could make a lot of money so they they're trying trying it out but they end up getting scammed um so that's unfortunate and the other thing is because lack of uh you know legal oversight here once that money is gone it's it's basically gone there's no way to um and even the law enforcement cannot do much because of the way um you know these technologies work but uh, it's it's unfortunate that a lot of people are actually losing money uh, to these fake scams yeah well and and you know like we said earlier i think because so uh, you know it, it's it's a, it's kind of a perfect storm for the attackers because be, because it's a kind of unproven uh cutting edge concept and and it's confusing on a lot of levels it it makes it easier to kind of prey on that but at mm -hmm. the same time you know it, there isn't going to be another like like people was in the right place at the right time you know the, 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 you're not gonna be able to recreate that nobody else there isn't going to be like another you know some other artist who says well wait i'll do my three thousand pictures you know can i have 70 million dollars too um you know and not to say that that won't get beaten someday but just in general like you you have to be in the right place at the right time to take advantage of those things and i think there are a lot of people who see nfts like that right now like they're like well i have to get in now i have to get in while it's while it's hot and you know while people are you know spending money on it because it could be a fad you know six months from now maybe nobody will be doing it anymore yeah yeah i think that's a good point i think before um it stops being a fad everybody wants to cash in on it that's why it's it's also leading to more more issues <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the other one of the other things, and this is another old, 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 uh, you know, attack or or concept or whatever. But I, I know you know you guys are also looking at and working on uh, typo squatting. And I, I mean, I remember you know again going back to early two thousands. You mm -hmm. know, you know people going out and buying you know Disney. Where it was, you know, disnet. dot com. You know, just trying to figure out like what are yeah. what are all the ways you could possibly mistype disney. dot com. Yep. And then creating fraudulent websites based off of that. Yes. So we are seeing. So we've been closely tracking this whole phenomenon on NFT and even before that, in general, you know, the rise in cryptocurrency and um, uh, generally the rise in prices of tokens and how 
uh, that's being exploited by various bad actors. So one of the things that came out of our recent research was uh, the type of squatting domain. So these are basically uh, domains where people are registering with slight variations on the original domain. So we saw, for example, variable.com is one of the marketplaces for NFT. Um, someone registered uh, a similar domain with the I and R in variable swap. So it's R-A-R-I-B-L-E.com. Uh, and if, if a regular user you know, mistypes it in their browser, they would end up on this type of squatted domain. And that domain, uh, guess what? It's hosting malware. So if you download something from there, you get compromised. And um, so it, it's one of the attacks we are seeing where a lot of people are registering type of squatting domains. We saw a 300% increase in March 2021 of, of these types of domains compared to February 2021. So just within one month, we've seen uh, quite a bit of rise in type of squatting. Um, so malware is one type, but there could be other potential scams that that people may fall for, which include things like you know fake sweepstakes, uh, um, give, fake giveaway kind of scams where um, they're advertising, hey, you know, give me 0.1 Bitcoin and I'll give you 10 Bitcoin in return, and, and basically um, um, end up sending something, but you don't get anything in return. So there are these different uh, variations of these attacks we're seeing um, but generally type of scoring domains are, are on a big rise and, and uh, we feel like there will be a lot more um, a lot more people will fall for these kinds of type of scoring domains in coming coming future um, and they just play on these few characters on the domain so it's very easy to you know fall to get go to these sites because just you're just a one letter typing mistake away from uh, from these fake sites yeah some of them are are harder to detect i will I, I will admit i mean you know some some of them it's like if you're just paying attention you should see that that's not the right domain or whatever but there are certain letters that you know look very similar to one another right uh, or or you know combinations of letters like putting an r and an n together in place of an m yes those, those kinds of um again we are seeing quite a bit of those happening as well, um, specific, you know, specifically around these um, cryptocurrency marketplaces and, and targeting them. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, on, on the one hand, people just need to be careful. But, you know, to, to, to go back to my my original question of sort of human nature versus technology, you know, I, I, in, in, in defense of the technology side of that equation, um, I've had the, the, the conversation a couple times recently um, about, you know, we always talk about human beings are the weakest link in the security chain and, you know, social engineering is, you know, the, 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 the main variable and, and, and things like that. And it's like, uh, even if that's true, we as the cybersecurity industry still have to f solve for that. Yes. <laughs> Like you can't just shrug your shoulders and use humans as the excuse and say, well, we, you know, we, we tried, but the humans messed it up. And it's like, well, no, you have to go in knowing, you know, up front that human nature says, I'm going to open this file. I'm going to click on this link. Right. right. And, that, and, that, and that attackers are very good at social engineering and coming up with with um, attractive lures to get people to do those things. Right. And you still have to find a way to to defend against that anyway. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm 100% with you on that one. Um, technology has a big, big role to play, and, and we cannot just shy away from that responsibility because um, you mentioned links. Like, yes, I mean, you see a link in your email, that's what links are supposed to be. You're supposed to like click and open them. What what else is the use of a hyperlink? So I don't understand when people say, oh, no, you're not supposed to click on links or open attachments. And what else are you supposed to do with that? <laughs> Just stare at it. Um, so um, so so that's I think that's the fundamental thing that needs to change in in uh, in the way uh, you know people work in this industry. I think we need to be creating technologies that help regular users who do not know the you know difference between good and bad websites or attachments or files. Um, technology has to play a key role, and we cannot really uh, you know uh, shrug from shrug away from that. Awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I, I, I appreciate you taking the time. I will in my in the in the in the post for this uh, podcast, I will uh, link to the blog posts that we've mentioned, and I will also uh, share the link uh, to Bolster itself. Um, make sure everyone is aware of what you're doing out there. But uh, but you know, yeah, I definitely I appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk about these issues. Thank you, Tony. Thank you for spending the time with me. It was a real pleasure talking to you. Thanks. All right. Take care. Bye. I appreciate you investing your time to listen to the podcast, but I also invite you to engage on social media. Uh, please go like our Facebook page and follow at Techspective on Twitter and Instagram. You can feel free to let me know what you like. Let me know what you don't like. Let me know if you love it. Let me know if it sucks and uh, let me know what products you'd like to see reviewed or what uh, questions you'd like to see answered in future posts.